right, it's time for the Friday podcast. We put a lot of work in today's show. Actually, we did. It's, it's really good. Bill O'Reilly is back. We got a half hour with him. We have the guy from Trafalgar, the, the most accurate pollster in America. He said some interesting things about uh, Pennsylvania, which reminds me, uh, don't forget, on Monday's show, we are going to be debunking uh, some of these things that are going around that are saying, there's a watermark on our ballots. And it's not true. It's not true. Uh, we'll be debunking some of them and telling you which ones are real, which ones are not on Monday's program. But we talked about uh, his polling numbers and what did it mean? Uh, and why were the other polls so wrong? We also, yeah, the New York Times is on to us. Mm-hmm. They, they've always called everybody on the right a conspiracy theorist, but they have now published a story. Trump's tweeting isn't crazy. It's strategic. Typos and all. The New York Times reading into why Trump put two eyes in family recently. Mm-hmm. Secret codes. Oh, you're going to love that story. Coming up. Undercover looking for any kind of hope. Well, I have some. On the ground level, I think people feel, not that Trump is somehow or another going to turn this around, but they, they really want to know if America is going to survive this. They want to know how to protect themselves, their families, survive the next four years. Churches are wondering, am I going to keep my tax-exempt status? There's a war on Christianity. People who voted for Trump worry about losing their rights and their freedoms. Well, let me tell you what I feel today. The good news coming out of the 2020 election, and there is good news. There's lots of good news. We just have to look past what happened with the presidential election. But no matter who is sworn in on January 21st, we have a real fight on our hands. And it's a fight we know. It's a fight we have won before. It's a fight where we know our adversary. We know his aims. We know his goals. We know the scope and the shape of his attacks against us. It's actually a fight we know how to win. It's really important to realize, to admit to ourselves, to admit honestly and without hesitation that this fight is actually really here, that this is really happening. We're really going to have to do this. This is on our shoulders. This actually has fallen to us. It has now fallen to the 70 million of us who voted in favor of preserving the American way of life. And I think even some of those who voted for Biden, they knew. I'll tell you why in a second. Those who voted to uphold the individual liberty of Americans above the illusion of collective rights for those who have come to hate America. We may find out even in the next few minutes that... Donald Trump lost the presidency here, and there are still going to be court battles beyond that. So whether it is by fraud or ineptitude 
or by true vote counts in the end, it's not going to change the battle ahead of us. That's what a lot of people, both on the left and the right, don't seem to remember, and they won't let themselves admit it now. Because this election was a lot more than about Donald Trump. It was about saving the American Republic. And the American public, Republic is going to survive this. I have more hope today than I have in a long time. Even those who voted against Trump seem to have voted for Republicans in the Senate and the House. Now, the House is so close. Republicans may take the House. I don't think they will, but it is going to be so close that they're never going to be able to pass any of this green stuff. They're not even going to be able to pass the taxes. In fact, the Democratic House caucus has already turned against the Marxist defund the police, new green deal, AOCs and Pelosi. They are screaming in their caucus at each other. They are a party divided. And we are a nation divided. But as much as it's easy to have let the press define that uh, divide along the Donald Trump fault line, that's a vast oversimplification. It is designed to obscure the truth from us. Whatever the outcome of the election is, is going to be or was going to be, in the end, the fight was going to come down to our hands. It has to be that way. Trump was our easy button, quite frankly. In the last few years, we've asked Trump to fight this battle for us. And he has done admirably. He has let us sit too comfortable on our sofa in front of our 70-inch TVs and watch the spectacle play out like a poorly uh, scripted TV show or way too long episode of West Wing. Trump battling his way against his own hostile party, against the establishment swamp, against the deep state entrenched in Washington, against an army of American Marxists, excuse me, the left wing of the Democratic Party and their enablers in the global leftist media. Buttressed by a billion strong throng of useful idiots happily Inheriting whatever whatever lie they were asked to peddle while enjoying legally protected status on social media platforms. One man seemingly run on confidence and quarter pounders led the charge into the breach, armed with nothing more than Twitter. We sat and we watched him take punch after punch. Broadside after broadside, in wonderment, how is this guy still standing? When did we lose this fight? The minute we said it's his fight and not ours. If Joe Biden is sworn in in January, one thing is perfectly and painfully clear. Donald Trump didn't lose this election. We did a long time ago. Cry all you want about ballot counting and harvesting in swing states, if that makes us all feel better. If that's what gives you the excuse to need to, to forgive yourself, to delude, uh, to delude yourself on how close we are to losing the republic. 
and then just wallowing in blame for something else. If low-level players like postal workers or volunteer ballot counters are able to destroy the United States Republic, then we didn't do enough. You cannot forge and fake 8,000 votes. You just can't. You have 5% advantage. This election is too close in too many states. This is the typical kind of playing in the margins that that politicians have done from the beginning. But we have something on our side now. And because we refuse to do anything about it and demand it, we get these kinds of elections. We have we have blockchain on our side now. I don't know about you, but I'd give up a couple of aircraft carriers and maybe a division or two just to have a voting system that we all trusted. Here's the hard truth. It never should have been this close. It should have never been close enough that the many swamp things, the precinct election officials would have ever dreamed of trying to put a thumb on the Biden-Harris side of the scale or dump ballots. It wouldn't have mattered. This should have been a pro-America landslide. And for today's world, it kind of was. But it's not enough. The leftists, you have heard me say for years, they're going to take off their masks. They're dying to tell you who they are. Well, they took off their masks. And Donald Trump skewered them so deeply, triggered them so acutely, that almost as one well-intentioned but but just crazy monster, they removed their masks to let us know exactly who they are because Donald Trump because of him Democrats can no longer claim that they're simply nice people who can't do math but gee whiz I mean they're just well-intentioned Americans who basically want the same thing we do we just have a different way of getting things done golly gee beef mom's gonna be really upset when you say that the Democrats are Marxist wait until dad gets home Because of Donald Trump, that facade is gone. The facade of the media, gone. We now know exactly who they are, and they're not hiding anymore. They're going to, because of this election, they're going to try to convince you again. They're going to go back in hiding, but they can't. As long as we remember they're anti-God, anti-family, anti-American, anti-police, anti-human Marxists. They admit it. We must now admit it as well. To them, a child is only a human being when a mother says that it's one. To them, America is evil because our system of government and economics has resulted in wealth that others haven't achieved. To them, human beings are evil. The very air we breathe is poison to the planet. And our presence as a natural creature on this earth was a mistake and is a constant threat that must be eliminated or eradicated to save the otherwise perfect earth. To them, inequality is the greatest of the myriad list of human evils. Even though equality doesn't even exist, it doesn't exist in nature. It is scientifically and empirically idiotic 
The fact that it exists proves how evil we are, how evil our system is, how horrible we are. If we even question the notion that a goal of any moral government must be equality for all human beings, to them, maleness is evil because it's too powerful, too strong, too threatening to the gentle peace of humankind's perfect state, a passive, docile asexuality. To them, gender is an illusion. Marriage is a form of slavery. Sex between a man and a woman is probably rape. Whiteness is evil because not everyone is white. The election, the left, in politics, in media, they fully admitted who they are and what they attend. And that's because of Donald Trump. And on Trump's side, we're shy. We're too shy to be on camera, too shy to tell pollsters over the phone how we felt, too shy to volunteer, too shy to canvas our neighborhoods with pro-liberty, pro-American messages, too shy to donate. We're quiet. When we saw a friend being attacked online for posting a pro-Trump meme, did we come to their defense? According to Truth Revolt's analysis of the month leading up to the election, over 90% of Facebook political posts were anti-Trump and anti-right or pro-Biden, pro-left. Yet, Biden only got just over 50% of the popular vote. How's that possible? Because we're shy, we're quiet, we're afraid. We're afraid of ridicule, of judgment, of losing friends, of losing our jobs. We relied on the silent majority to back Trump. Well, I got news for you. We're not in the majority anymore. The question we're going to have to ask ourselves is this. How did we ever let it get this bad? How did we let our republic get to the point where more than half Americans voted for a dyed-in-the-wool swamp creature like Joe Biden with an out-and-out Marxist platform chanting Marxist slogans all the way along? How did we let our schools turn into indoctrination centers? What PTA or board meetings were we too busy to attend? Maybe the bright side of a Trump loss is we don't have him as an excuse anymore. We're going to have to fight our own battles now. And you know what? I'm up for it. He won't be there to be the left's punching bag. We're going to have to find the courage and take the risks and stand toe to toe with these people to defeat them. But you're not alone. 70 million people are willing. We're going to have to ridicule, endure the ridicule. We're old-fashioned, we're passe, we refuse to evolve, we're racist because we want secure borders, we're science deniers because we reject the Green New Deal, we're sexist because we believe in family units, we're antisocial because we believe in individuality, we're bigots because we support the police over criminals. For four years, we've had the convenience of letting Donald Trump be the target. Well, for the next four years, they're not coming after Trump, they're going to come after you and me. You ready to stand up? Have you lived enough of your time in that comfortable sofa? You are not alone. 70 million people are with you. It's time to roll up our sleeves and go to work. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. 
guy who never relaxes. His pajamas actually uh, is a suit with a zipper in the front and wingtip shoes for his feeties there in his feety pajamas. Mr. Bill O'Reilly, how are you, sir? Uh, I just found 100,000 write-in votes. <laughs> Did you? The post office mistakenly delivered to really? me instead huh. of a guy in Philadelphia. Wow, that's yeah, a, I have them, that's I have in, them in my garage. Really, now, you have so. them in your garage, and then yeah, what is the percentage of those hundred thousand that are going for Donald Trump? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Wow, yeah. it Why? usually doesn't happen that way, Bill. It usually no, it's no, usually no, no, more like a uh, it's a it's little a closer. Pennsylvania <laughs> people don't know about <laughs> right. The right. law in Pennsylvania says it's illegal to vote for a Republican by mail. Right, right. You or at least that? have a bunch of ballots in your uh, in your garage that have any votes for a Republican. That's no, you can't have them. Can't have them in, in, in Pennsylvania. <laughs> they can't have. Them. Welcome, Mr. Bill O'Reilly, the author of the new book "Killing Crazy Horse." Uh, Bill, where are we, and what do you think is happening? Well, I think there would be a recount of the vote in Georgia, which will hold up certification of Joe Biden as president. There may be a recount in Pennsylvania as well. It'll be more difficult to get it there because Democrats control the state. We're in Georgia. Republicans control the state. Um, But in Georgia, it's a certainty there'll be a recount of the whole uh, election. And it'll take some time. Um, in Arizona, you said that Biden, uh, may lose this state, but Hey, Fox news has called it, uh, for Biden. So I know they I, called I, it I, with I, one vote counted. It was, it was great. Yeah, you can't. So, uh, and then Nevada, uh, they just basically issued a press release. I don't know whether you saw this, which says, oh, we don't want to count the votes. It's too hard. <laughs> so there's not going to do not it. What, that's not yeah. what, no, that's not what they said. Well, I was close yesterday when they said, somebody asked him, why did you stop counting the votes? And the Secretary of State or whatever it is out there is in charge. He goes, well, we were tired. We had to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, well, (laughs) that's why, you know, honestly, we tell that to our soldiers once in a while in war. We're like, hey, guys, we didn't didn't know it was going to be this hard to take that hill. Yeah, it's it's too much. Yeah. So... (laughs) I mean, you got to keep a sense of humor about this. I know people are furious, and they should be. I just wrote a message of the day saying, look, um, this is Keystone Cops, uh, but it was predictable, and, and this is a very interesting angle to this whole thing. You'll remember that last summer, Donald Trump was confronted with questions, and it went on and on for about a week about, are you going to leave if you lose? Remember that? Yeah. Are you going to leave the White House or are you going to lose? Mm-hmm. And it was like a carousel. He said the same thing. He goes, yeah, but, uh, you know, we're going to make sure it's an honest election. And then the next day it was the same question, the same answer. And that struck me as very, very strange back then. All right. Why, why are you doing that? You didn't ask Barack Obama that uh, in, in his last few months before the vote. So um, I, I noted it. And I noted that Trump said very specifically, if, it, if it's honest, you know, if it's an honest count, why would he be even why would that be in his head? So I think what happened was that this COVID thing provided cover for largely Democratic states to basically shift the vote 
to the male, which is much harder to regulate. Now, I saw Mara Eliason. No, she, you know she is? Yes, the NPR I do. woman yeah, that's yeah, on yeah, Fox. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Mara Eliason goes, oh, oh, that, hey, oh, oh, Georgia is a Republican state. So I, I mean, uh, how can you accuse Georgia? But this isn't about Georgia. This is about Fulton County. That's Atlanta. Atlanta. That's where all of this is happening. I beg your, I beg to differ with you. They had a pipe burst, and that that water main burst in just happened to burst in the same room where all of those ballots were. And who could have seen that? They always keep really important stuff right by the water main. But now I understand that that wasn't in the room. The pipe burst was. Uh, not even close to the votes. They they were just upset because the pipe burst, and then of course Nevada said, "Hey, we can't be counting votes when a, a pipe burst in Georgia." I mean, yeah, come on, <laughs> who would do that? <laughs> so bizarre is the word of the day. Now let's get serious. So if Donald Trump wants to convince the nation that this is a fraud that he had a 600,000-vote lead in Pennsylvania on Election Day, but he lost by 100,000 four days later. If he wants to convince people it's a fraud, he's got to find physical evidence. You do. All right, so they've got to find ballots, and that shouldn't be that hard to do, because we're talking about a lot of votes in Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Georgia, in Pennsylvania. Interestingly enough, in North Carolina, there hasn't been this problem. I, uh, I don't really understand. North Carolina, they haven't called it, but Trump's going to win it. But they haven't been fluctuating that much. in that. So what's the difference between Georgia and North Carolina? Uh, they share a border up in the northwest part of both states. Um, so I'm, I'm confused, and I think everybody's confused, but Everybody's angry. So you can imagine if, if the courts would rule in Trump's favor, then they <laughs> come out and, and start to burn down the cities. Right. That's what they'll do. Um, so we're in a mess now. This is a mess for this country. And it's not there's no easy way out of this. So here's 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 let me just say what I think. Let me just say what I feel. I feel that if Donald Trump can't come up with hard evidence if he can't you have to have evidence if you can't come up with evidence in any of these states um then the american people are just not going to back it you have you can't just say they're stealing it you have to say well for instance in philadelphia they kicked the guys out okay then when you were kicked out all of those ballots need to be recounted with people looking directly over the shoulder. I want to look at all of those ballots that were counted. Rudy Giuliani told me yesterday that they are separate. You can find those votes. Good. Then that's what we do. Find the votes. But you can't just say um, they're stealing the election. I think they I think they are. I think there's funny business going on everywhere. But I don't have any evidence of it yet. And I, all the evidence that I do see, you know, uh, in Michigan where they're taking in the, 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 the wagon and, and everything else, that turned out to be camera crew. That's the way they travel with the cameras. Um, there's all of these things that are being said that, that just aren't true. Uh, but we, we have to have real evidence. 
I agree with you, but I take it a step further. If you're going to recount in Georgia and you're going to recount in Pennsylvania, you can't have the locals do it. All right, you've got to move in federal election people from the uh, the election commission. I would be okay with that as long as yeah, you, I mean, as, you as long as you had it balanced, Republican and Democrat, both. Right. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You have fifty fifty. Uh, but you, the lo- if the locals are going to cheat once, they'll cheat twice, and they yes. don't want to get caught cheating because they're yes. going to go to prison. And okay, I don't so- know, I, I honestly don't know any American. I, I know a lot of people who are in politics that wouldn't mind, but I don't know any American that wants this, to, that, that wants to win by cheating. I wow. do. I mean, uh, there are zealots that would cheat. I know. No, no, no. I know that. But I mean, the average American doesn't want that. I mean, most sure. Most Americans are angry right now. But over the weekend, when they're napping along with you, okay, (laughs) they wake up, they'll they'll say, hey, you know, it's this is bad for the country. We might hate Joe Biden. All right. And we might think that uh, Trump got hosed. But the longer this goes on, the worse it is for the country. But it will go on. And if the Trump people find, and they're looking, if they find hard evidence of fraud, then this election is going to be put into the Supreme Court. Now, everyone should know, listening to the Glenn Beck radio program right now, that the federal judges, including those on the Supreme Court, do not want to decide Mm -mm. this election. Nope. All right? That's not what they want to do. They're not relishing this at all. Because then you're basically having a president by judicial fiat, no matter how they rule. So they would have to have, they being the Trump administration, very compelling evidence, not anecdotal evidence, hard stuff you can see, that there was fraud. But if they do, then it will go to the Supreme Court. Right. And and I think people will, will uh, fight for it on both sides. Um, but if you have compelling evidence, you, but you have to have compelling evidence, you can't just keep repeating the mantra. They're stealing the election. They're stealing the election, even though that's what it feels like. Show it to me. All right. But look, you got to have a little time to, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And and that's not smart. Trump was smart to come out last night and do what he did. He was smart. He was composed. Well, I have to tell you, I didn't have a problem with anything he said last night, but the media no, was, they were crazy. Of course, because they're worried about it. All right. So, but I'm watching Trump and I'm skeptical. I mean, all right, let's see. All he did was set the table. He didn't serve the entree. He set the table. Mm-hmm. He said, we think there's fraud and we're going to investigate it. Should and be. And then we'll let you know. Should but be. that takes time. Yes. It takes time. Right. I have so no. Right now. Correct. What Americans need to do is step back. All right. The Senate will, even if there's a runoff in Georgia, but there may not be with a recount. See, I think the recount in Georgia is very, very important. Okay. Very important. Um, the Senate will be controlled by Republicans. It'll probably be 5149. So somebody's going to have to have a conversation with Lisa Murkowski up in Alaska. But McConnell then becomes the most powerful man in the country, not Joe Biden. Mm-hmm. I don't think people understand this. 
All right, because McConnell will be able to say this is what we're going to vote on and this is what we're not going to vote. Okay, let's take the uh, ballots uh, at this point on face value just for this conversation. Um, Bill, it shows that even Democrats had to have voted for Republicans in the Senate and in the House because the House is close uh, it, I mean, it could be taken over by the Republicans. I don't think it will be, but it's going to be close. The margin of 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 control there is really thin. Um, what you have is a repudiation of the far left. Yes. But the hatred of Donald Trump prevented Republicans from really capitalizing on that. Mm hmm. All right. So there were a lot of split tickets. And that's what happened in Georgia. If you look at um, the ticket there, there were people went out of their way to vote against Donald Trump, apparently, because that shouldn't have been as close close. as it was because the Republican uh, senator uh, got a lot more votes, not a lot more, but more votes than than Donald Trump. Yeah. And people basically said, look, I hate the far left, but I I also hate Trump, and I'm going to vote against everybody I hate. So what the upshot in the House of Representatives is, is that Pelosi is weakened because her own party doesn't like her anymore. They're not going to say anything because she'll withhold money, but she's weakened. All right. But it'll still be Democrat. It'll do what Joe Biden wants or whoever is telling Joe Biden what to do. Yeah, but it's but it's also there is the split. The the hard left became stronger. uh, And, you know, the the middle of the road, if there even is one anymore in, in the Democrats, they are they are quite outspoken. You almost cost me an election by talking about Marxism and yeah, defund the absolutely. cops. They are pissed. They are but pissed. But when it comes to actually voting, if they don't vote whatever the Democrats have put up, they don't get any money for their reelection campaign. I've been saying this for years to my right. audience. Right. All right? So if you're a Democrat and you don't like what's going on, my congressman here on Long Island, Swazi, he didn't want to vote for impeachment. He didn't want to. I know him. I know him real well. But he had to, or he wouldn't have gotten a dime. He lost, unless there are mail-ins come in here, and that might happen. But he lost. Where I live in New York, the bluest of the blue, the two Long Island counties both went for Trump. Mm. So there is a repudiation of the defund the police madness. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Mm-hmm. But because of the hatred... For Donald Trump, the Republicans were not able to capitalize as much as they could have. So people need to remember, people love Donald Trump. They go out and stand in a cold to see him. All right. He's got an unbelievable, passionate following. Yeah. But that passion cuts both ways. Yes. Um, Bill, so are we, is the Republic in... Better shape than you thought, or worse shape than you thought? Worse. Why? This mail-in racket. Congress oh, has got to impose national standards for our elections. Yeah, it, it has to happen. It won't, right. especially with the Democrats in charge. It won't. And you know what? They're not alone in playing this. There is also Republicans that have played in this racket as well. And that's why we don't have something like blockchain protecting our, our votes. That's right. Because we have, but- People want those margins uh, to be able to play in. 
I don't think the folks do. No, the right? votes, though. But the I, I people don't. I want to see a bill introduced by Ted Cruz or somebody that says states can run the elections, but they have to adhere to national standards. And part of that bill is Nevada can no longer vote for anything again. <laughs> oh, I can't believe if wanna, that. If you don't want to count the votes, you can't vote. I can't, and, and the final thing I want to say is that Crazy Horse would have hated this. All right, Crazy Horse and his and his warriors would have hated the campaign and hated the vote and have been very upset because the Native American tribes didn't have any chaos. All right, they had no, their leaders. They they had their policies, and it was none of this. There were no write-in ballots. At the Little Bighorn. Okay, yeah, they, no writing ballots. No. And, all bullets and arrows. Right, and the chief was there. You, I mean, they counted every single vote. Right. right, and Sitting Bull was the guy in charge, and what Sitting Bull said went. And the Native Americans for thousands of years functioned pretty well on that. That's right, because Sitting Bull was sitting on a bunch of anti-Sitting Bull ballots. That's the truth. Uh, the author of the new book, Killing Crazy Horse, which is always great, from Bill O'Reilly. Bill, thanks for joining us. This is the best of the Glenn Beck Program, and we really want to thank you for listening. Let me go to David Barton. Uh, David, good friend of mine, president of Wall Builders. He has been watching the polls. Uh, most people don't know this, but he's deeply involved uh, in uh, in politics all around the country, um, especially here in Texas, and fighting the good fight. David, welcome to the program. Hey, Glenn. Good morning. Uh, so it looks as at this point, I mean, this is without any kind of, uh, you know, recounts and without any litigation. But it looks like today they might call the uh, presidency for Biden um, because he is now passed in Pennsylvania. Nobody has done it. Well, what is the one group that did it? They called they called uh, they called this for Biden. Oh, uh, DDHQ yeah. has called it for Biden. Uh, but so far, nobody has followed. Suit. No networks. Have, I think, as far I think, as I know, I think everybody's afraid to uh, to do that. Um, but I want to concentrate with you on the the margins in the House and the Senate, um, because this is turning out to be a bright spot in this election. Yeah, it is a bright spot, especially considering the massive amount of money that was spent, $11 billion spent in this election cycle, um, big time targets in the Senate races and in the House races. You know, Pelosi was guaranteeing a jump there. Even Fox called that that the Republicans would lose 15 in the House. Not going that way, not even close to going that way. Um, Republicans have gained in the House and looks like they will end up at the end of the day losing one overall in the Senate. Uh, as you just heard, you know, there's still questions in Georgia. It's crazy. They say that they're done counting votes in Georgia and that Biden wins Georgia, except Tommy Tuberville is up by 100,000 votes in Georgia and they're not calling that race. But they're saying all the votes are in. I mean, it's, this is the craziest election cycle I've ever seen where you can be up 100,000 votes at the end of the day. They won't call it and suddenly votes appear in that race that didn't appear in any other race. It's the strangest thing we've ever seen. Uh, David, you said uh, Tuberville. And, uh, who did you mean? Did you mean a, uh, a North Carolina or? I, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, that, I switched long nights. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was Georgia and Alabama. So 
Yeah, the Senate races in Georgia-Purdue is yeah. up. They're not calling that, but they say all the votes are in. Of course, the special will be later. Uh, but over in Alabama, they say all the votes are in, but they still haven't called Tuberville yet. He's up by 100,000 in Alabama. I mean, a lot of a lot of the counting just does not make sense. Alabama has been 100% reported for a long time. So it, it, those are two really strange Senate races that, that are going. You still have some, some other ones that are close elsewhere. Tom Tillis. Um, you know, they won't be able to officially call that until the 12th. Uh, but right now he's leading, should have that one. So should be, it should be a 52-seat uh, number in the Senate when it's all done, assuming that Republicans win the special election in Georgia, which was seemed like a done deal two days ago. Now with all the new ballots that seem to keep coming in, Savannah, Atlanta, and elsewhere, that's no longer a done deal. So it should be at least 51, maybe 52, which is down one or two, but still a majority. But the House is the really bright spot right now. David, I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. Uh, is this just COVID that is doing this? All of the the monkeying around with all of the laws and the... What is this? What is it we're seeing? No, it, it's not COVID. It is monkeying around with the laws. Uh, leading up to Election Day, we saw probably two dozen uh, lawsuits uh, where the governors, because of COVID, took that as an opportunity to say, well, we're changing the way we vote. And I know the legislature makes the laws, but now I do, and I'm changing the laws. And so fortunately, in nearly every case, the, the federal judges came back and said, no, the Supreme Court told us very clearly in 2006, the Purcell decision, you do not change election laws, especially on the even election. You, you let the laws stand. And so they were striking down governor's plans even the day of the election. But the problem was early voting had already started in a lot of those areas. So the, the one that really messed it up was uh, John Roberts. Uh, I mean, the two that he got involved with that we did not win at the Supreme Court um, were that now that's part of the reason that we're going eight days late in some states, uh, even though the law says you have to have the stuff in by the, by the night of the election. It's, it's crazy changes, and that's what throws so much uncertainty into things. But it also opens doors. Since there's uncertainty, it opens doors to, to do things that you're not supposed to be doing. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing here. But a lot of this is the result of governors taking COVID as a reason to do that. And, and quite frankly, that's what we suspected going in, because a lot of the states had already moved away from the, the restrictions. But a lot of the heavy blue states with the really large blue cities were keeping the restrictions in place. And we were scratching our heads saying, OK, that looks like that's um, some opportunity to play with the elections. And I think it's going to turn out to be that way in retrospect as we look back and get all the truth in finally. Without um, uh, conceding an election for Donald Trump, just saying, let's look at this scenario. If Donald Trump, after all is said and done, doesn't win, uh, how much of Joe Biden's agenda is going to go through? Uh, just about as much as Trump's agenda went through Pelosi in the last two years. It's just not going to happen. Um, they are polarized at this point, and uh, I think you'll see what used to be qual called the loyal opposition take take its role in, in that place. Now, w what happens is that the Democrats really thought they would have a moral mandate to move mm -hmm. forward. Because they don't have that moral mandate to move forward, the, the pressure is not nearly as strong on the Republicans that the nation wants this. Uh, clearly, the nation doesn't want this, and the Republicans feel as they do that there's a lot of steaming going on at this point, they will, they will have no difficulty uh, being an opponent of that. Now, he, here's the other interesting thing is now you look for the onslaught in media again. Uh, 
Mm-hmm. You look at how how that um, the, so many polling places were off. I mean, Wisconsin, Biden's going to win by 17, and, you know, it's, it's maybe 1% now. So how come nobody got fired over that? And it would appear to be that because that's what the polling guys were supposed to do. They were supposed to give us a lot of cover and give us a lot of uh, evangelistic propaganda, if you will. Because if anybody was really concerned over how bad the polls were in many of these places, you'd see people getting fired. And that's not that's not happening right now. So it suggests that, no, this is their role, is to create a, a pressure, to create a perception of where the American people are and what they want. And so if that happens, that can be relentless, especially inside the Beltway, where they don't get the same kind of uh, um, daily home news that, that we get elsewhere. I've watched so many groups run ads only in the Washington Times and scare congressmen to death because they think that's also running back in their district, which it doesn't. Uh, so the inside information on the Beltway, it's really hard to get to get inside information to those guys a lot of times because they're so surrounded by lobbyists and experts in Washington Times, uh, Washington Post, I said Times, I meant Washington Post. So, I, but the good news is, like in the House, we have elected so many more grassroots people this time. They just don't buy into that Washington kind of stuff. Yvette Harrell out of New Mexico, we got last night, New Mexico too. Um, so we've added we've added 12 pro-life women to the House. We have more than doubled the number of pro-life women in the House. There's still 34 races left to be called. Republicans are leading the 18 of them. Uh, it looks for sure that Republicans will gain at least 12 seats, which will make it very tough for Pelosi. Uh, we may gain more than 12. Uh, I mean, there's a shot of getting real close to a, uh, yeah, a parity, if you will, in, in the House if all those seats go the way that they're leading right now. So there's a lot left to be decided on the House, but I think you'll see a lot more opposition to any type of Biden agenda with the House and the Senate. And, so look for a lot of executive orders if he does become president. And again, I've, I've only got about a minute, but tell me the good news locally, state by state, because it seemed like a pushback there, too. Oh, state by state, there were nine trifectas that were at stake. And trifecta is when the same party has the House, the Senate, and, and the uh, governor. And they want that for redistricting. Uh, if you can redraw your lines to favor Democrats or Republicans, whoever, and Democrats put a ton of money in it, they put $53 million into Texas House races. I mean, that's what you'd put in, in the multiple congressional races. And Texas did not lose a – well, we lost a seat, we gained a seat. It's a net zero-sum gain of zero in Texas – um, there's the least change in state legislative chambers of any race since 1944. Democrats did not take the states, and they really wanted that to set them up for the presidency for the next 12 years. They were unsuccessful with all the hundreds of millions and even billions they spent in states. They did not come out with a victory in the states. Quickly, what does that tell you? Uh, it tells me that when everything is moving the direction it did against all odds, it's all moving more conservative and the House and the Senate really did well and the states did well and the presidency is going the other way. It, it just doesn't smell right uh, for all the nation to be moving in a conservative direction and, reser- and reject a conservative president in favor of a super liberal one. That's where I think you're going to see the lawsuits continue to mount in the presidential race. And this may be 20, uh, the year 2000 again, as far as the election goes at the presidency. Thank you very much, David. I appreciate it. David Barton. Uh, it also tells me that uh, the American people uh, are awake. They are awake. Na, na, na.